Hello and welcome into the whole nine yards. It's a good day today. It's a good week to be back. I am Keaton Smith alongside Gabe Travis, Brock Krusky, and Dominic Carrera. Post Super Bowl 58, and that means post a 25-22 Kansas City overtime win over the San Francisco 49ers. Mahomes gets his third. The Chiefs get two straight and three of the last five years. An official dynasty, I think, has been created in Kansas City. I don't really don't think there's any more disputing that. And uh, it's been a, a good weekend for three of the four of us in this room. So, <laughs> Gabe, from from you being the only non-Chiefs fan here, what was what was it like watching an, just another team win a Super Bowl? I know I I went through that a lot as a, as a, as a young one. So, how did that feel this weekend? Well, obviously we live together, but mm-hmm. you know that I was saying the whole time I just don't want the Niners to win. As a Cowboys fan, I can't have the Niners win. But you yeah. picked them. I picked them because I thought they were going to. It doesn't mean I want them to. You have, to, you have to separate. No, that yeah, there. yeah, no, I completely fair. I was just bringing it up. Um, but I, I wanted the Chiefs to win because I'm, I'm not a Chiefs hater by any stretch of the imagination. I think people hate too much and find ways to hate too easily and don't appreciate yeah. greatness that Mahomes is and is mm-hmm. going to be. Um, I'm just not a Chiefs fan, but it was a good game. I, I really just wanted a good game, and the first half was a little slow, but it was a fun game to watch, and yeah. the Niners lost, so I mean, I yeah. kind of took a, a small dub there. So for the two Chiefs fans, or the other two Chiefs fans in the room, how did that feel for you guys? Uh, you know, fourth quarter is kind of when it all came alive. And, you know, I wasn't too sure on the uh, – like, I hate saying it. Mm-hmm. Like, because I wasn't too sure on that final drive. But, you know, you should never doubt Mahomes. But, like, just the way this year's gone, you know, yeah. and just the the inconsistency. He's wouldn't have been surprised. Offense. Yeah. Yeah, I was like he, – he literally took that in his hands and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I had never – like, I know Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but the fourth quarter – to field goal drive and then the last drive to win the game. I've never seen him look so polished and under control yeah. in his career. Yeah, how'd that feel for you, Dom? Uh, yeah, he's the best we've ever seen. He mm-hmm. is the best quarterback. There's no other quarterback alive or dead that you want for a two-minute mm-hmm. uh, drill for the end of the game. Um, and we'll get into it later. I think Kyle Shanahan uh, was in uh, the Niners DC. They just got out coached. Like, it got to the point where if you need a drive, um, Mahomes is going to get it done. Accounted for 89% of the Chiefs' fourth quarter and overtime offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that final drive was perfect. Eight of eight for 49 yards, rush for 29. Um, he's the best we've ever seen. And when it got to that overtime drive, there was no doubt in my mind that he was getting a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Mahomes had the opportunity in overtime down 22 to 19 at that point with the second now possession in overtime, which is which was a new rule. So if the Chiefs were to uh, tie a field goal, the game would be extended when it t- or score a touchdown, they would win it and they of course scored a touchdown. It was a uh, one of the one of the greatest Super Bowls I think I had ever seen. Uh, we had a a great game last year in the Super Bowl in 57 with the Chiefs and Eagles, but this one I think was even more intense just because of the I guess the lack of points. It seemed like every possession was so much more bigger than the last because teams weren't really scoring consistently throughout the game. That's just my take take on it anyway. But looking at this Chiefs team now, I called them a dynasty a little bit ago, three and five years. What's the ceiling for them? What's what's the the most amount that they could get to, do you guys think? I mean, the most, I think we talked about this. Us three talked about this, Don Keaton and I. We said, or at least I think, it's kind of up for interpretation. But if you consider, you know, the ceiling for the Chiefs or even just Mahomes, for example, you know, if you if you really, want, I hate doing the the goat debate right now because it's so early. But yeah. I mean, you have to start comparing him to Tom Brady a little bit. So, if you want to compare him strictly to Tom Brady, I mean, I think the ceiling's as high as Tom Brady, maybe even higher, because Tom Brady went on a ten year hiatus without winning at all. Mm-hmm. Mahomes already has three, and within the next five years, Mahomes is going to win at least one more. I think, like bare minimum one. And the next five. So. Yeah, yeah. And that leaves, yeah, of course, another five on on the other end of that. So. So, Dom and Brock, do you guys think what do you guys think is the, is the highest ceiling for this for this team? Well, I think it's scary that this was supposed to be the down year. This is the year that the Chiefs were vulnerable and that you could go in and realistically mm-hmm. beat them. And the fact of the matter is, like, there's no doubt in my mind that the Chiefs will be a better team next year. They're going to get receivers. They're going to go out and spend some money. I know they yeah. will. Uh, it's they I, they, they're going to keep at least at least Chris Jones or Legarius Sneed. He might find a way to keep both. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I, they'll keep one or the other for sure. 
and you know they'll probably draft a replacement, whatever whatever you want to think about it like that. But they're going to be a better offense next year, and I think that's what's scary is because they want a title in a year that they were most vulnerable, and next year I have a feeling they're going to be better. Yeah, the the holes on this team I think uh, are not. I don't want to say like easily replaceable, but I think that the Chiefs are in line to replace everyone that they need to. Yeah, and um, so I didn't bring this up; it just popped in my head, but. Our reactions after the game were some of the craziest. It seems like that game means so much more. Well, me and Dom especially because obviously uh, most everyone everyone else there really didn't care or was a, a fan of another team. But, uh, yeah, just a, a magical moment in, uh, for the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. And, Dom, was this one better or, or worse? Or, I guess, does it mean more or less than the first two? First two oh, Super absolutely. Bowls? This is the most impressive Super Bowl of Mahomes' career, Barton. I mean, even he says. I mean, the first mm-hmm. one... Um, you had Tyree Kill, the defense was suspect, but his first year in the NFL, you know, kind of he kind of felt due for one. I know it was his third year in the league, but like how good they were, I just I didn't see them losing the game. The Eagles game felt really good because he was injured, mm-hmm. and um, that was sort of the year to knock him off. But this year had a target behind, target on your back the entire year. You win the least amount of games, highest drops yeah. ever. Your tackles are really suspect, and you go through the hardest path possible. In the three best teams in the AFC and best team in the NFC. Um, going back to your question about the dynasty thing, yeah, um, unequivocally a dynasty, best best five year stretch in NFL history. That's not even debatable. The only the only one that has more championships is the Steelers in the seventies, but like that free agency period wasn't yeah. really a thing. Much different. So league. it's a different. I think this is more impressive. Yeah. Agree. So um, I don't know, man. I just don't. I don't see. I know this sounds crazy. I don't see a scenario where this doesn't become the best dynasty in NFL history because of how this team was built. This team was built with spare parts on offense, and this defense is insanely young. Mm-hmm. Like Second youngest the oldest, I, I think Chris Jones is the oldest player on defense. He's like what 30, 29? Yeah, I think just turned something around that. I mean, all pro should have had two All Pro corners. Sneed's like twenty six. McDuffie's like twenty four. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that. As long you can surround Mahomes, I, which sucks for Veach, mm-hmm. but um, if Veach can just competently draft a receiver for once, Rasheed yeah. was nice. Rasheed's very nice. Yeah, Rasheed was But I think, he's a very, I think he's a very high end too. Um, I think they go out and get a receiver in free agency. I do think they lose Chris Jones. Um, I think you retain Sneed and you draft really well. Um, I don't know, man. Is It's going to come down to uh, if the Chargers become competent in the division. Um, if the Bills can get over the hump, like all the star quarterbacks are in the AFC, so like one of these next ten years, Mahomes is surely gonna lose. Obviously, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, we won't believe it till we see it, though. True. Um, but yeah, I think it's eventually. I don't see a scenario where Mahomes goes ten years without a ring like Brady. Yeah, I think that's that's a little bit uh, out of the picture now because we saw how, I guess, just how different of a roster Mahomes beat, uh, probably the most ro- loaded roster in the NFL with. So. Would you want to yeah, something? you know, I was actually talking to my friend about this. I just kind of wanted to see what you guys thought about it. Yeah, I uh, the night we won, I I was thinking about it. I feel like this is probably one of the most difficult Super Bowl runs in history. That, that was actually one of my next questions: is where do you guys rank this among Super Bowl? You runs? beat you beat like you beat the fastest offense in the league in negative twenty degree weather. I know that's yeah a disadvantage for both sides. Um, you beat Josh Allen coming off of, what, six or seven straight wins? On the road. You beat an MVP in Lamar Jackson, and then you beat a historic, a historic-paced offense and one of the best defenses in the league. Like, yeah. I just feel like that's one of the best Super Bowl runs yeah. ever. I, it was, I believe Shannon, Sar- Shannon Sharp said that there's only been five or six times in NFL history where a team beat two one-seeds and a two-seed, and it was... Uh, this and a, probably a few Patriots runs here. Yeah. And there. Well, I know, I know. Six, there's been six times in six times in the last twenty years where they've beat both okay. one seeds. But I think it's the hardest Super Bowl run possible. I don't know about ever. Yeah. But I think like statistically possible, you play um, like I don't want to just reiterate shit off first things first. But mm-hmm. like uh, you have the four seed, like if you the three best teams in the AFC, yeah, the Dolphins. I think on a, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Ravens. And then yeah. the best team in the NFC was the Niners. Mm-hmm. So 
you go through all of those, like that's the hardest run possible. According to DVOA, if you like to use those stats, it's the hardest run ever. Um, I think it's the hardest run of the last, at least last 15, 20 years. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Other than maybe the Giants in 07. Yeah, yes, that's I would agree what I was with that. Say. But, yeah. but the difference with that is um, they beat the really, really hard team at the end. Um, but their run, their path to it really wasn't that hard. I think every single week, I think the, mm-hmm. the three run of Ravens, Bills, Niners is harder than the totality of like the one game. But I think the hardest Super Bowl ever was probably like the, the think, Baltimore Colts versus the Jets in like yeah, Super Bowl. I, I'll agree with the 07 run. It's just yeah. like I think the only difference here is I think that Kansas City faced more like MVP caliber quarterbacks in that run with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson than I could think of in mm-hmm. 07. I mean, they faced Tom Brady, of course, but um, getting to the, that point, I don't think they had the quarterback talent they were facing like the Chiefs mm-hmm. did. But defenses, yes. Yeah, no, I believe they faced the number two, three, and four defense, or no, uh, two, three, and four offense, one, two, and four, something like it, it that. It was two, four, and six, I'm pretty sure, the defense. Two, four, and six defense. <laughs> okay, either way, like, yeah, either way. Yeah, they're mean, playing like, top five offenses and defenses yeah. going into the Super Bowl and then play both statistically in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, really impressive run, like we said, may have been the best of the uh, last 15 to 20 years opposed to that, that Giants run, but... Uh, we can talk to, about the Niners a little bit now. What what was something that you guys think they, they either didn't do enough of or that surprised you that they did that you didn't really want to see them do to try and win this game? Gabe, we can start with you. Well, to be honest, if you want to talk about things they didn't do enough, I think they kind of got away from the run a little bit. Which win. I, it, like an end-of-game type thing? or mm, I don't know. Specific, wow. Specifically towards the end of the game. But I think towards early game it was working. Mm-hmm. And... You know, maybe it gets stuffed a few times in the second half, and then I think they – I shouldn't say they abandoned it, but I think they just kind of push it back a little bit. And I'm not saying Purdy was passing bad, but – No, well, I, I do see what you mean because in overtime they ran the ball. Beginning of the game they were running the ball. But I believe coming out of half and kind of that midway point of the game where the Niners had the chance, had the 10-point lead or whatever it was to put the game away, had a chance to end the game, they – Purdy came out of halftime throwing like six or seven straight passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and coming that out was... of halftime, I think that was like the worst coach drive. They got back into it later on, but at that mm-hmm. point, they'd already lost advantage. At, at that point yeah. in the game, I think that was just a weird play call. Yeah. Did you? Have so there? I was going to piggyback off of this. So mm-hmm. I agree and disagree slightly. So I agree. I think they got away from it at the very end of the game. I think I was mm-hmm. terrified. I was genuinely terrified as a Chiefs fan that um, that third and four. Or those third downs would happen. They say. would run the ball twice, hey, that's like what they would say. because against the Chiefs' run defense. Listen, they're going to get a stop every once in a while because they're going to shoot the gap mm-hmm. or whatever. We'll talk about Mike Pinnell had an insane game, yeah, yeah especially he, he in, 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 the, in the run fits. Yeah, he had shoot some really really times. good run fits. Um, but they're going to get four yards on two carries. I was terrified of that, um, but at the same time, only three and a half yards a carry. McCaffrey was bottled up. Like essentially yeah. a decent amount of the game. Mind you, he had 180 total or 160 total yards. Did like he, he have a catch in the fourth quarter at all? I don't know. Um, I think he had. I don't know if that swing pass that went for like. That was OT. Was that overtime? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, like, I, yeah, that was his last one. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, I think. Um, I don't know. I don't mind them doing that. But at the same time, if you give Spags the opportunity to scheme up blitzes, which Purdy's one of the best in the NFL. Um, like against blitzes, mm-hmm. it's just I don't know, man. I think you rely on your best player a little bit more than they did, just a little bit more in in being aggressive. Like I loved the aggressive call to go for it when they was I thought, what was it sixteen uh, thirteen or something, and they went for or sixteen whatever. Oh yeah, and they went touchdown. for the they went for the fourth down, and it was the touchdown to Jawan Jennings. Whenever they got it to Jawan, yeah, I believe they converted with Kittle. On yeah, the drive. Kittle on that the out route. Yeah, his his only four yards of the game, but they were for a first down on the big conversion. So, but they come yeah. handy. So as an offensive coordinator, or not an offensive coordinator, but as the head coach, I understand that, like, you lock up George Kittle for two catches, you lock up Brandon Ayuk to three catches, mm-hmm. what else do you want to do? Like, you give, yeah. you, he gave the ball to Christian McCaffrey plenty of times, but, like, mm-hmm. there was a point in that game towards, like, the mid-third quarter, early fourth quarter, where the Chiefs had started sniffing that out, getting guys over McCaffrey. Um, and you notice that Debo got the ball a lot more. And in the second half, and that was obviously by design. But I think that 
it's it's less about the 49ers and more about Spags. Big game mm. coordinator. He's insanely talented at scheming up big games. And I just, you know, from a coaching perspective, like Shanahan, you know, he was mm-hmm. hit and miss play calls, but you can't really do much when they're locking down your number one receiver and your best tight end. Yeah, I've seen a lot of a lot of good things said now recently about McDuffie and Sneed, and they yeah. really came to play. McDuffie had himself a night. I believe Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo, the biggest three targets of the game for the Niners, combined for like 85 so yards. So 83 yards. 83 it was a graphic of, yeah, Kittle, Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk combined for 83, and Kelsey had 92 alone. Jeez. So, yeah, I mean, was there um, – Anything that like you guys saw, we talked about the Niners. Was there anything out of the, the actual winners, the Chiefs, of the game that surprised you that you didn't want to see them do or you did want to see them do that they didn't? I think Leo Chanel was a dark horse MVP. He forced the fumble, he blocked the extra point, and he had that huge four-yard tackle for loss against Debo on that misdirection screen. Yeah, I saw he was the highest-graded player by PFF yeah, he was insane. in that Super Bowl, so he, he had a... a a really insane game. I we we were saying in our at our house that McDuffie could have been a dark horse MVP exactly, candidate. Yeah, I think too. had it not had Mahomes not had such a great you know second half of the game after that pick that McDuffie would have been it because he what, did his thing yeah. on Debo. And so that's that's something I want to point out too. You notice how whoever Debo uh, not Debo Brandon I Brandon Ayuk's little friend that's posting on Instagram saying like how do you how does your uh, All-Pro, thirteen hundred-yard receiver, only have three catches in the Super Bowl. Well, that's not because of the Niners. That's because of Trent McDuffie. Right. Like you, he was absolutely blanketing him all game long. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, it, there was multiple clips posted on social media of McDuffie uh, just getting in Debo's grill and really working him. So uh, one guy we've really yet to mention yet, and he's kind of the man. He's been the man this whole year. Travis Kelsey. Does this do anything for his legacy uh, as opposed to becoming trying to become one of the greatest tight ends of all time? Does this What does this do for him? I mean, I think he is one of the greatest tight ends of all time, but yeah. I don't think he's the greatest. Yeah, um, so, I, I still think it goes to Gronk, but that's just my opinion. But I, yeah, so I mean, so after, this, after his third Super Bowl championship, where are you putting him on that tight end list? Two. two. He's been two. two. I'm going to put him at two. Before the championship. Yeah. He's I'm been, fine been with two. anywhere in the top three. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like if – so if which he is going to stick around, I think next year um, he has the chance to pass Jerry Rice in every single postseason stat, receptions, targets, touchdowns, yards. Mm-hmm. Um, if he passes that, I think he's the best of all time. But like I don't know, I, I feel like this game. This is going to sound a little stupid. I feel like this game did a little bit to hurt his legacy because now everyone has the narrative of oh he's a crybaby that yells at his coach and he <laughs> bumped into him. Even so after the game, they're like, "Yeah, well, that's our relationship." Yeah. Like, um, and I think I think some of the reason that he was mad is because during the Bill during the Bills game, um, his guy was the dude that made uh, Nicole fumble, and then in this game, whenever Pacheco fumbled, yeah. it was Noah Gray's dude yeah. that he didn't. That's block. a great point. So I I think that's I, why he was mad. I'm yeah, sure. I think he just wanted to be in the game. Um, yeah, I don't know. It shows that they're competitors and whatever. I think. Yeah. I I, I hate the argument that just oh Kelsey's just a big wide receiver. Kittle's better. Yeah. And I, we we're talking about a pre-show, but like, dude, <laughs> we're talking about like two different schemes and two different responsibilities and positions. Well, regardless, Kittle had four catches and his run blocking was so good, led him to three and a half yards of carry. Yeah. Exactly. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Kelsey had one yard in the first quarter, and everyone was making Drewski memes. Right. About how he runs like. <laughs> Like a wide receiver, um, <laughs> but he's a bum. And then second half, second half, ninety-two. I don't know, man. I think he's, I think he's one of the biggest mismatches in in sports history. Yeah, I, I really don't think there's any disagreeing with that anymore. It's been this run of dominance now, and he he had all the stats before all these championships started piling up, and now he's making clutch plays with. Great stats in these Super Bowl and these championship runs, and there's really not much more you can say anymore. And I think now we've looked at it; he's probably the one or two of the greatest uh, playoff tight ends of all time, and it's it's really not even close. Oh, I think he's the best playoff tight end bar none. Like, oh yeah, he, sure. I, I think that well, technically, if, if we're going on a technicality, he has more rings than uh, Gronk because um, during that 2017 title run, um, he was injured. He oh, got really? injured like week six out for the year, so he didn't play against the Falcons or whatever. But as I saw a stat I was looking at, like, next-gen stats. Mm-hmm. That 
uh, catch on the third down where he like r- was in overtime or I don't know when it was I forget that little drag route where he ran. Oh, for that whatever. was with the yeah. Yeah, uh, so that's the, the fast, game That is the fastest he's ran in seven years. I actually saw that. Stat. That is yeah. who's flying. He's saving that in the. So would that have been 2017? Yeah, keeping it in the tank since, <laughs> I don't know, since before he was growing facial hair. It would have like, been so still been on his rookie year, yeah, maybe. Abs- yeah, catching Kelsey, Kelsey. one of his rookie <laughs> yeah. deal. Oh, <laughs> coming off catching Kelsey. Yeah, no, like that's that's insane that he kept it all in the mm-hmm. tank for that moment and uh, cements himself amongst the all-time greats. Yeah, uh, what a year it was for that man dating the biggest pop star in the world, making. Game-saving plays in the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game with all this pressure and hate coming his way just because of who he's dating off the field. Yeah, I I really don't know if you can if you can ask for a much better Super Bowl. We we I was talking last week uh, on our different show about top five Super Bowls ever, and I think this is this is gonna have a case for for being up there as well. Obviously, I'm a Chiefs fan, but this was one of the most intense games I've ever watched. Uh, yeah, but I think. We'll we'll go to break here after we we finish talking about this game. We'll we'll come back. Brock has his uh, hypothetical trade packages for the first overall pick. That uh, I'm correct about that, right? Yeah. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Um, first overall pick hypothetical trade packages. Like I said, that Brock has. We'll talk about those. That pick is currently possessed by the Chicago Bears. So we'll come back <laughs> talk about that a little bit. And uh, just talk about more NFL news because there was a few things to happen over these last couple of days since the uh, since the game. So yeah, we'll be back in a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the whole nine yards on KZLX LP Maryville. Hello and welcome back in to the whole nine yards. Again, I'm Keaton Smith with Gabe Travis, Brock Krusky, and Dominic Carrera. And uh, before we went off air, we mentioned we were going to discuss the first overall pick in the 2024. 2020- for NFL draft, that being currently possessed by the Chicago Bears with the second overall pick being the Commanders, and the third is the Cardinals? Yes, yeah. I believe. No, third's the Patriots. It's Patriots, Patriots. Or Pats. Three Cardinals. So, yeah, so uh, Bears, Commanders, Pats is our top three draft order. But uh, I'll explain it a little bit here for those that don't know. Obviously, the Bears have a quarterback named Justin Fields, who they drafted a few years ago, ending or next year will be the last year of his rookie contract. If I'm right about, it. I think I'm right. Yeah. Oh, uh, the last year of his rookie contract, and uh, he's been really iffy. So people are deciding whether or not they should uh, draft the generational prospect. I guess you could say Caleb Williams first overall because they hold that pick. So um, I'm just gonna go around and ask everyone what they think they should do with that pick. So Gabe, you first. What do you think the Bears should do with that first overall pick? Okay. So I was so on the keeping Justin Fields train mm-hmm. until I talked to Dom. So I think I think it depends on what you can get if you trade Justin Fields. Yeah. If you can trade Justin Fields, and there was a rumor that Atlanta would give up a first eight. for Justin Fields. They would give up eight. Eight overall. Uh, no, yeah. No. So if that's, the, the Bears also hold pick nine. number nine. Yes. So if that's the case, trade him. Because then you get first overall, the eighth overall, and the ninth overall. Yeah, which so is Nobody's given more than a second okay. for Justin Fields. I still think if you get a second... And maybe like some player or whatever out of fields. I still think you should trade him because cap is such a problem. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams is going to be so much cheaper, and there's people saying he could be equally as good as Justin Fields is now, just in yeah, his first year. In his first year. So you could draft Caleb at first overall, trade Justin, get a second maybe. You could, yeah. Any, you could draft any of the, the best receiver like yeah. Odunze, for example, at nine overall, and then get some tackle help with your two second round picks. So let's say you get a like thirty. Nine overall for Justin Fields. You're making that trade? Yeah, I, I think so. I I wasn't. I was. I don't think Justin Fields is the problem either. That's not what I'm trying to paint mm-hmm. because I think he's gotten a lot better. Yeah. But I think it just comes down to cap. If Justin Fields wants to take less money to stay, then sign him. Sure. Mm-hmm. Then you can draft Marv at first overall. Mm-hmm. But I, that that I, I don't I don't think Justin will want to do that. I think he'll want money, obviously. Yeah. So in terms of if I'm the GM of the franchise, I am trading him. Okay. Dom, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I don't think that they should keep Justin. I don't think it works. I just think the fact of the cap situation, it's less of if they're good or not, but it's the cap hit. 100%. Of mm-hmm. You're getting a dude. If you get if you draft Caleb first overall, which they should. I've been seeing so much discourse online. It's like, oh, I'm not drafting Caleb because he paints his nails and wears a dress. <laughs> so stupid. But, yeah. He's a generational prospect. I mean, probably the best prospect we've seen since Luck. Um, maybe yeah. maybe uh, uh, Lawrence. Lawrence mm-hmm. was a pretty surefire prospect too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you get a dude for four years, 
and uh, like I looked at, I looked at thing over the last uh, 22 Super Bowls. Uh, every single winner has fallen under two categories, except for three guys, and it's um, the first one is a guy on a rookie deal, and the second one is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So mm-hmm. that was uh, Mahomes, Brady, and uh, uh, Peyton Manning. And those are the other guys on on rookie deals. The only outliers were Matt Stafford, or to even make the Super Bowl, it was with Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, and oh, I think I think it was I think it was Jimmy Garoppolo or one of mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, I think you trade. I think I think they could get a first round pick out of Justin Fields. I think with how needy quarterbacks are. I mean, yeah. the Bears traded almost a first round pick for Chase Claypool. True. So. I think, or was the Steelers or whoever? I forget. Yeah, the Bears traded for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty second overall. Yeah. So I think that um, I think Caleb Williams is the perfect pick at one. You draft the best available receiver mm-hmm. at nine, and then whatever second round pick and trade up, get tackle help. Yeah. Um, and then you have the cornerstones of your friend. If you can get the eighth overall pick, absolutely. If you can yeah, maybe easily. Get, maybe yeah. get Joe Alt. Yeah. At or. Any of them that fall down at eight, yeah, I think Caleb Williams mm-hmm. is the only pick. So, Brock, you have some hypothetical trade packages that some teams could offer for Fields. Or, or that, Not for that first fields, overall pick, yeah. For the first overall pick. So, I'm going to give my thoughts about it real quick. Yeah, go ahead. You know, so, it's a really it's a really good damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Yeah. My thing is, if you trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams, you're already setting your franchise back another year at least, maybe even two. Because this guy doesn't know the offense, he's gonna be a little bit more complacent. He's gonna have, he's just gonna have to adjust into the NFL world. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is this: you, if, if I'm looking solely based on the capital they received for the first overall pick last year when that trade for Carolina, they received an impact player. That's DJ Moore, two firsts and two seconds to move up uh, to move back eight spots, right? Mm-hmm. And that landed them what they have right now. They got so much better as a result by having DJ Moore on the field. And, you know, Justin Fields, he didn't have a great season last year, but he ended stronger than he started. And so I think you build off that. I think that if you have an opportunity to trade back, I think the best course is to trade outside of the top five because you still have the ninth, the ninth pick as mm-hmm. is because, you know, that's, that's your pick. But you have the Carolina pick. Um, so I think that, you know, Caleb Williams, it is a generational prospect. But I think that if you trade back – get maybe even three first-round picks from a team that moves up. Because here's the thing. They did say if they're willing to trade back, it has to be a historic haul. And if we look that, that at is what they, the and so was. if you remember the trade last year with Bryce Young, they moved up in eight spots, gave up two firsts, two seconds, and DJ Moore moved up eight spots to draft Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and make the assumption that if you want to trade up this year, it's going to take at least impact player and two, if not three, first-round picks. Yeah, I was going to say that that is a that definitely makes sense because and, that was in a massive haul given up last year. And you can have either three extra first round picks and an impact player or you can draft Caleb Williams and stick with what you got. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Is like you can either have four maybe th- three or four impact players right away with Justin Fields as is or you could just select Caleb Williams and let it ride out. Yes, so I think, I think I that have, makes sense. I have five hypothetical trades here and so I'm just going to go through it. Personally, I think they should keep Justin Fields, trade out of the top five, and, you know, you get a, bon- yeah. a bunch of Yeah, but they, there, there are a, a thousand ways to go about this situation for the Bears. So, so the first hypothetical is the most popular one I've been seeing is that's Washington trades up one spot from number two to number one. Um, so commanders would obviously receive the first overall selection. The Bears, and I, I base this off of what I've seen from number two to number one trades in the past, the Bears would receive number two, the 36th overall pick, and a 2025 third in exchange to move up one spot. And so, you know, the Commanders, this would work well for them. It would work well for both sides, I guess, because they can pair Cliff Kingsbury with his former quarterback and Caleb Williams. That makes sense. I was going to say. And it's a really solid offense with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. you got um, Brian Thomas in the backfield. It's a solid offense, you know. Um, if this doesn't happen and Washington stays put at number two, I think they take Jaden Daniels over mm-hmm. Drake May because they're going to need a win-now quarterback. That's the mentality they have right now. Jaden Daniels is a mobile quarterback that plays well with talent around him. Drake May is way too raw. Drake May is, it has Justin Herbert's ceiling, but Drake May also 
is a little jittery under pressure. We know that offensive line in Washington isn't great. So that's what I think happens if Washington doesn't get that trade up. But if they stay put, you know, they'll get somebody like Jaden Daniels. They could take Drake mm-hmm. May. Who knows? So, so you're saying that first one is, is Commander, Commander's Bears just flip-floppy pairing Kingsbury with Williams. Yeah, and so at that point, Bears drop to number two. They get two extra day two picks, and they get to select Martin Williams at number two. I I, that, I think that's a really Marvin Harrison. Marvin, Marvin Harrison. Harrison. Sorry, Marvin Harrison. Yeah, I, that well, that is probably the most popular one that I've been seeing. I think so. So you said the uh, number two overall, the Bears would take who? Sorry, Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison, right? And then Williams goes first. I, I I think that probably is one of the more likely ones. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. So the second one I have is the New York Giants trading to the number one overall pick, and I I think this would be a stupid situation, but I still have I still have seen it. And so I just thought I'd include it because it's still in the five. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you just signed Daniel Jones, but you, if you think for a moment that an offense ran by Daniel Jones would be more, better and more functional than an offense ran by Caleb Williams, then you're, you're obviously not smart and thought thinking correctly. But if you have That's Caleb funny. Williams draft him first overall, if you're the Giants, then I, I guarantee that of all the teams that could draft Caleb Williams – he would want to go to the Giants of all of them. The Big Apple, he gets going to have the most attention on him. That just seems like something he would want to do. He's kind of a diva. so um, you know. But this would be an awful decision for New York to make, even though I put it on here. Cause you he, think it would be an awful? Yeah, it'd be, they'd be eating $40 million in cap for the next two seasons and $58 million in dead yeah. cap in 2026 if they went away from Daniel Jones. Uh, so the trade, I forgot to say the trade. So the Giants received the first overall selection. The Bears would receive Aziz Ojulari, a six overall pick, a 2025 first round pick, and a 2026 third round pick. Yeah, I would absolutely that. not. That's like the worst trade I've ever. No, I'm not giving up all Think that. Think about what they did last Can you year say with that again? the Panthers. So Aziz Ojulari. Mo- this, is, this is six to one. Yeah. This is You're only giving up one extra first round pick, right? You're yeah. giving up Aziz Ojulari, the six overall pick, a 2025 first, and the 2026 third. But they don't have a quarter. They they already have their quarterback. That's not, okay. But would they, you rather take Daniel Jones or Caleb Williams? I'm not saying it's a smart trade, but I'm have, saying would I rather have Daniel Jones, who has had zero help his entire career, give him Joe Alt, Malik Neighbors, one of those guys, and then you draft a O line talent in the second round? Yeah, I I think I would rather. I'm not I'm not saying I'm just this is this is I'm basing the trade off of what I saw last season from the Carolina and Chicago trade. They included an impact player, two first, two seconds. But the thing mm-hmm. is, is that Carolina didn't have their franchise guy. New York has their franchise guy. Whether or so what, they think. Whether you, could, we, yeah, you we, could think yeah. that. I whether, mean, I don't consider Daniel not. Jones I'm saying a franchise that, guy. I, there's zero chance. Well, they they signed him like a franchise yeah, they guy. Him though. To a franchise so it doesn't contract. it doesn't matter what we think. They I signed know, him like I, a franchise guy. But that's just like I said, I don't agree with a trade. But that's just what I can come up with based on what I've seen in mock drafts lately. Yeah. Okay, so the third one, this is my favorite one. Okay. Atlanta trading up to number one overall. Uh, that, I think that's a likely one. And so Most I have the, the Falcons receiving the first overall selection and a fourth-round pick from Chicago in exchange for Grady Jarrett, the eighth overall pick, a 2021 first, and a 2026 first. Or 2025 first. That actually, mm. I mean, that you, you're taking that, that makes sense. I think because I think that would be that's probably a pretty similar trade to actually what the Chiefs traded up for with Mahomes. Um, <sighs> I don't think that's a, I don't think that'd be a terrible trade. Uh, I don't. Uh, I think I, I think if I'm the Falcons, I don't take that because this is a very quarterback heavy draft class. Think about what the, think about their one quarterback away though. This offense is extremely talented. You you're a quarterback away, and you need to you can obviously have that playmaker, but you have Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. You pair Caleb Williams with that, and that's. That's a really solid offense from a youth and talent perspective. If I'm the Falcons, yeah. I'm not taking that. I think that. they're That's more likely me. to trade for Justin Fields than trade Agreed. for the number one. Hundred percent agree. Pick. I think that every team is more likely to trade for Justin Fields, but if you're trading for a generational prospect, it's going to take this, that much. But if they're the thing is, is if they're a quarterback away, they're going to side Justin Fields, who is probably going to be below market, uh, or at least a below uh, like tag. So I think that I mean, plus Grady Jarrett's an expiring deal. Um, I don't think that it's a dump. It's a salary dump, but you still get yeah. a defensive interior guy that Chicago needs. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that anyone should trade up to number one because if they're solidified, if they're solidified uh, with Justin Fields and taking him, um, then and they don't trade out of number one, right? Let's say then they draft, then they draft Marvin Harrison at number one, right? Okay. Washington will draft Drake May. Um, New England or Washington, excuse me. Washington will dra- draft Caleb Williams. Yeah, like that. That's who will go at number two. New England will take 
Um, either Bone or not Bonex, uh, Drake, Drake May or Jaden Daniels. It'll probably be Jaden because that's what I've been seeing the most. Cardinals are rocking with Kyler. Chargers have Herbert. Giants have uh, Daniel Jones, and Titans have Will Levis. So we'll see Jaden Daniels or Drake May fall to eight for them, but unless someone like, else trades. Nobody. Up. I'm 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 gonna say this is that there's no way on draft night that they're taking Marvin Harrison number one. If they're wanting to take Marvin Harrison, they will trade back because they know there's somebody's going to be having an asking price to move up to that first overall pick. And it'll be a bidding war at that point. But I don't think in any way or reality that they stick at number one the, the Bears by choice and draft Marvin. Marvin Harrison. I do agree with that. I think I, that I, if, I they, if they I, stay I, I at number too. one, it's Caleb Williams. It's not Marvin Harrison. I think I do too. Because there's their team's looking for a quarterback. Yeah, th- there would be. I don't think there would be any reason. For I them just don't to think there's one. there's not a like a, a whole lot though. Like the only teams that are insanely quarterback needy are already either in the top three or they're in that 11, 12, 13 range. So Vikings, Kirk, I. We'll I probably think Kirk, say Kirk yes. signs back. Russ is going to be an expiring contract in two years, so That's they're, well, they're, well, they're going to cut we'll him. See, we'll see. We'll see where he goes, and then the Raiders. I mean, it might be a Davis Mills situation where Aiden O'Connell just yeah, plays that guy. I mean, he, he played okay. I mean, the Saints at fourteen, but no, I think that I, I don't. I think that any team would be very, very stupid to trade with. The well, here's the thing. This is the overall. closest prospect that there is to shadows of Patrick Mahomes in terms of playmaking ability and his ability to sure. to like make plays under pressure. That's why this guy is so coveted. That's why teams are making the jump. Yeah. So for me, I feel like there are teams that are willing to make that sacrifice to move up that far. And I, before I move on, I want to one more time just read off the Bears trade from last year moving back. Okay. The Panthers received the first, first overall pick, which was used on Bryce Young. We cannot compare Bryce Young to Caleb Williams. No way. No way. Bears Not received yet, the ninth overall pick, the 61st overall pick, a 2024 first-round pick, nice. and a 2025 second-round pick. So, yeah, first, so two firsts. Two first and, two seconds. One, and the 2025, if the Panthers still suck, then that's going to be an early second-round pick. So that's what I'm saying is that I'm basing these trades off of that outline and yep. thinking about no, the value at number one with Caleb Williams at number one. That's going to require much more to move up to number one than yeah. it was last year. Yeah. So you, so you last one was Falcons. Falcons number. I four. think I think that one makes the most sense. I think the Falcons is the only one that makes any semblance of sense. I think that the Giants. I don't think that one makes sense, but that's the one I've been seeing in mock drafts, so that's why I put it down. The Giants absolutely, or the Falcons absolutely makes sense. You're talking about the Giants. Oh, I, I'm saying that yeah. the Falcons are the only one that makes sense. The, gi- one, the, Giants, sense. the Giants make zero sense. They have problems on both lines. They have no receiver talent. Um, yeah, no. I, especially, you're going to have to Saquon, which we don't know what's going to happen with him. Right. Um, so, I I think that the Commanders one would, like, be okay. Like, that's, like, the only that's one. Like that's, the like, the most boring trade. Yeah, but it's though. like that's not a yeah. fleece or whatever. I think that if the Giants trade up, that is a... All-time fleece job. And me still, me too. I don't think that the Panthers trade was necessarily a bad trade. They've been in they've been in turmoil for years, and Bryce Young has played one year with some of the slowest wide receiver talent. His number one was Adam Thielen. Well, yeah, that, uh, I guess what I was saying with that is that when they the Panthers traded up to number one last year, nobody knew if it was going to be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Absolutely. This they, year, if somebody – No, everyone, no, everyone knew it was It was smoke and mirrors for C.J. Stroud. No. It's the same thing they do in the NBA draft where they take – everyone knew it was going to be Bryce Young. Bryce was definitely going Bryce to be Bryce Young. The only, time, the only time I've seen that work, I will say, is the Hutchinson-Walker debate, which was 20 – But that's the difference because yes. – At the time, though. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's at the time. Not like draft night because at draft night, people knew it was Bryce Young. But at the time the trade occurred, that nobody was sure if it was going to be Bryce Young or C.J. I still think people no, I do. Was, I think I think Bryce. I said on the podcast that CJ was going to be the best quarterback, but everyone knew Bryce was going to go first overall. And at, uh, yeah, at, even during the trade, I'm not saying on draft. I'm saying when that trade happened, everyone knew they were going to grab Bryce. Bryce. Everyone knew it. Okay, but you have to also compare them as prospects. Caleb Williams is leaps yeah. and bounds a better prospect than Bryce. Absolutely is. not. Absolutely not. No, no. From, I think from a talent, yeah. Yes. Talent's okay, not close. They're a decent amount. Cool. We'll put it saying leaps and bounds. We're acting like Bryce Young is a scrub. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it was, a, I mean, a, you're talking about a generational prospect versus the best quarterback in the draft. Mm, I disagree. 
I disagree. The, I watched, I've watched both of these guys in college. I think they're extremely similar. I think Caleb Williams has a higher ceiling. First of all, just physical attributes. He's a, oh, he's yeah. a, he's he's a taller better. dude, and he's a definitely Much stronger arm. Uh, a better playmaker yeah. and a little bit of better of a processor. But to act like Bryce Young is a scrub. That's not what I'm saying, though. This dude is play, But no, but you're saying he's leaps and bounds. As a prospect, I think that they are uh, a lot similar than people are giving him credit for. I'll, I'll I kind say, of agree. I'll say this about Bryce Young is I think – Bryce Young moving forward. I don't know. I just my only thing with him and the Panthers is I don't know how much better they're going to be able to get with the, all the draft capital that they did give up. So yeah. So I I absolutely I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Um, I just think that you got. I don't know when their first pick is in this draft. Third I think round. they I think they make some splashes in free agency. They so don't, what? Third round. I'm pretty third sure. Third round. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because well, no, they had the second because they, it was a 2025 second they gave up. So oh, then yeah. they have a second round pick. So second round pick is the first one for the Panthers and who are uh, and needs pretty much everywhere except quarterback. So yeah. Uh, anyway, we have what three more trade packages? Two more. Two so more. next, I have the Denver Broncos trading to the first overall pick, and this is I think these next two ones are the least likely to happen outside of the Giants one because of mm-hmm. how far they're trading up, but just because of <clears throat> where the uh, the Bears are at number nine, I could see them trading all the way back outside of the top ten. Just because of where they're positioned right now at the at the ninth spot, so this one, who, if you don't like, I don't know if you guys don't like this one. The Bears, uh, the Broncos received the first overall selection in a 2025 fourth. A first and a fourth. Yes, the Broncos are the best. What the Broncos get? It's a first overall pick. Uh, the Bears are going to receive Jerry Judy, the 12th overall pick, a 2025 first and a 2026 first. That you yeah, That's a no. That's a. I would do that deal if I, I was going to say, I think I like that one better. Yeah, that's, the, that's the best package so far. So here's the thing. is The reason I could see Denver making this move is because, you remember Sean Payton was one of those guys that said if Patrick Mahomes was available in 2017, he would have taken him. Yeah, at 11. Yeah, and of course he got jumped by Kansas City at 10. Mm-hmm. At 10. This is the closest thing to him. I'm not saying that and by any means necessary he's Patrick Mahomes, but from a playmaking perspective, it's the closest thing we've seen. Right. Um, so... You get the bear. This is a win-win for me because obviously they don't have the capital player-wise to be able to make this move. Mm -hmm. But from draft capital standpoint, they do. Jerry Judy needs a fresh start. I was going to say you get to avoid paying him with this trade, and they get a nice wide receiver too. The Bears do, Mm -hmm. and they get a 12th overall pick. So this is like this is like the best case scenario for the. Hey, I don't think that was a bad trade. That's an ideal. That's an ideal package, especially because the Broncos, if they're not getting beat by the Chiefs, they're going to get beat by the Chargers. So yeah. if they want to, obviously, we're like fans looking on the outside, but they're running an organization, and their goal is to win the Super Bowl. And if you want to win the Super Bowl, you have to have a quarterback the caliber of Mahomes and Herbert. And I think Caleb, I think that is a that is a good package for Denver. Yeah. But my problem they need with some hope. see my problem with that is uh, then. I don't know. You maybe sit him behind Russ. I don't know. Like, would you sit him behind Russ for? No, a they year? said they're releasing Russ. Probably they're going to release. They're, they're, they're probably Russ. going to. They benched him for a reason. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, Payton I would. He's going to release him. Yeah. <laughs> I would maybe <laughs> trade Russ and give away capital to get rid of that money to maybe like start a reset. Like you to start trade. You said you saying? Yeah, yeah. So like Russ they they give up. They give up Russ and his form. No, no, no. So, but I'm saying that like they trade for him on an expiring deal is what I'm oh, saying. So okay. you you gave up Russ and a second round pick yeah. for a sixth round pick or yeah. something like that, where we don't want his money anymore. When you think uh-huh. about it, as we speak, that guy's eating like probably gallon tubs of ice cream trying to fill that physical in March. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah. you get what thirty six million dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. So the last one I have, um, this one's crazy, and I'm just gonna give you guys that uh, beforehand. I'm only doing this because Mike Tomlin, he's kind of in shambles. Mm-hmm. He's on the ring. Um, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers trading up from 20 to number one, from, and imagine that deal. What? So the Broncos, or not the Broncos, the Steelers will receive the first overall pick. The Bears are gonna receive George Pickens, the 20th overall pick, a 2025 second round pick swap with the Bears. The 51st overall pick, a 2025 first, and a 2026 first. The only thing that doesn't Absolute. make sense is George Pickens is going to the Chiefs. Yes. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. That is not. They like uh, yeah. they Kenny. Kenny's their guy. You're yeah, not gonna draft a dude in the first round. And, and okay, and Kenny's their guy. Kenny. Yeah. He's, Dom's not saying Kenny's like anything. No, he's not good. But he's saying that the Steelers well, they're, they're want bringing Kenny to be their in guy. competition for him. That's the thing. Is like they they've openly stated that you can't. But your competition that. isn't gonna be given yeah. up like. Uh, basically eons of draft capital to com- compete. And your best because well, That's my thing. Is like You think about where Mike Tomlin's been for the last 10 years. He's been, oh, cool, you get a winning record, you make the playoffs, and you get bounced by 30 in the first round. 
And then you got to think about, like, you got to think about where he's at in his career is, like, there's only so much more they can take. You need to go out and get somebody. Well, the thing about that is, is I'm not even sure where Mike Tomlin's going to be in four to five years because he's, there's, or there was talks after the season ended where he might not, he, they asked him about his future with the team and he's really not said anything clear cut in any sort of way. So I think if they were to, as a franchise, let him make that and then possibly walk later, I think that would be crazy yeah i absolutely I, I obviously make fun of kenny pickett because breakout player whatever yeah. it was funny uh, but no they, he said how many what, touchdowns that dude throw this year like six n- nine not enough nine? to be my breakout <laughs> player yeah nine touchdowns nine touchdowns seven picks or something that was like my that. worst taken with but, a receiving uh, like that that's but yeah no first yeah that's not gonna happen they're gonna give him at least two more years under center oh yeah i don't disagree i just i that's yeah. just what made sense yeah. to just me. just a fun trade yeah, yeah. just a fun trade i think the best one i think is, is I, I, I think the falcons is was the, the broncos one. broncos broncos, falcons for broncos me, is 100 yeah. percent the way to go the falcons was the most realistic for me just because they made a similar trade last year and it's gonna take more yeah. you get grady jarrett off the cap board you get him on a new team they need defensive line talent outside mm-hmm. of montez sweat they get. They're gonna to have to give up first round picks. But think about the offense they've built. Think about the way their defense performed last year. They they are in a position to make a deal like that because of how their defense performed last year, which is pretty solid. And then they have the talent offense. They're a quarterback away. And I don't think that they take a gamble on somebody like a like a veteran or like Justin Fields. Like I understand Justin Fields is is a guy they can bring in and he can make an immediate impact. But I think that bringing a guy like Caleb Williams into an offense that has Drake London, a unicorn tight end that has not been given an ounce of a chance because of Arthur, what's his name? Arthur Smith. Smith. He's gone I've already now. forgot his name. Uh, his plays play calling, um, but I think that that's the most that makes the most sense from a destination span standpoint for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of a million different ways relate that that first overall pick can go, whether it being traded to one of the thirty-one other teams or. Chicago takes whoever with that first overall pick. It's really going to be an interesting, uh, I guess, situation to watch before that that draft happens in April. Uh, A little bit of other news. Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson wants to know the team's plan at quarterback before committing to the long-term contract. So so what are you guys thinking about? What do you guys think about that? Baker's re-signing at Tampa. Yes, they are going to re-sign. Baker is re-signing at Tampa. They're going to give him a Geno contract, Geno-type contract. I like that. Um, Me too. I do like that. So... I think the Vikings should keep Kirk because I'm pretty sure JJ wants to play wherever well, Kirk yeah, is. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he wants to see um, what's going to be done at quarterback before he goes anywhere. Doesn't the issue is going to be cap with yeah, all of the money JJ wants. Yeah. So I think if Kirk was smart, which I th- I think Kirk's a pretty humble, down to earth dude. Mm-hmm. So I think Kirk should not, and he already got his big contracts. So I don't think Kirk's going to want a, another big contract. He's got plenty of money think, to spend on exactly. old Navy polos. I think <laughs> Kirk is going to take less money, collect him in quarterback, sign to the Vikings, and then they can spend because JJ wants to be highest paid receiver Break the ever. Bank. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So yeah, as, then as they can should. afford to sign JJ. True. And I, I think that's what's going to happen. What should happen, and what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. That's one too where it's. Yeah, yeah, he's the best. I I said last year that it it was hard to rank him watching him in 2022 as not like the second or third best player on the planet. That's really what I thought of him. I watched when I watched him play this year. He obviously was dealing with some injuries, but um yeah, he's just such an impact player, man. I I really don't think you've had to see a wide receiver get game plan for much as him since since Tyreek Hill of this generation. That's how I feel about him anyway. I'm super high on him. I think he's easily the best receiver in the league. Um so yeah, I think uh I don't know, man. This, like I said, I, I do, I do think I agree with you. I think the Vikings are gonna cut Kirk back a little bit because um, that's that's an expensive way to keep living if you're the Vikings. What do you think? Uh, I just, I think it's a weird situation too. Like, you, I mean, yeah, it's all it's Kirk's weird. great, but you've seen where you can get with Kirk, and you know, like, at what point do you say we should look into youth at quarterback for the Vikings? Like you got a good draft position right here. Like, where they do they take eleven? Eleven. Do you take JJ McCarthy at eleven? Absolutely <laughs> not. Are you oh kidding my God. me? JJ McCarthy does not, not go in the first round. Does not got to be in the top off. two. That's such a lot. No, JJ McCarthy should not even. You're a known McCarthy. No, absolutely the not. First JJ round. McCarthy is garbage. He is not good. Doesn't Bo Nix is better? Every, yeah, Penix yeah. is better. Penix is better. Nix is better. Anyone is better. JJ McCarthy should not even sniff the first round. I don't think McCarthy will either. McCarthy should not sniff. 
the first well, round. We just talked about how there's only five or six teams that actually are going to draft a quarterback or would actually draft a quarterback. So that was crazy. You guys got mad. No, they're yeah, they're McCarthy, McCarthy haters. Suck. No, McCarthy I'm sucks. such a McCarthy hater. I, I've seen a lot of things that say he's going to go a lot higher than people expected. No. So I'm, I'm not I'm – not, any team first round of the draft. Yeah, if you draft JJ McCarthy in the first round, throw your team away because you're dumb. Absolutely. JJ McCarthy should not I mean, go in got, the first he's round. Got, he's got some good raw skill. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm going to say. He can right use now. his legs. I mean, he's got a, he's got a nice arm too. But I mean, he, he's got some processing. Uh, uh, in this, is, this is so if McCarthy were, to, I'll tell you what happens. McCarthy's going to go in the league. Let's say he gets drafted fifth or sixth round, whatever. No matter where he gets drafted, oh, he, he's just going to be like a. It's literally going to be the exact same thing as the same story as Purdy, except he's going to be a little bit well no, more known. He's going to be. I I don't think they're even so I think Kirk, I, I know, I'm I'm saying he like the, he's just saying the story oh story hundred percent sure yeah, yeah it'll be a it, not like he's gonna go to the Super Bowl be, it's gonna be Stetson Bennett it's gonna be Stetson Bennett <laughs> it's gonna be AJ like McCarron a Jordasher by the yeah, like time the league starts it's gonna AJ, be AJ McCarron. McCarron it's gonna be um Aiden O'Connell maybe so no AJ McCarthy oh my goodness Purdue I'm talking about guys that were surrounded by elite talent that listen so where does that put Penix. No, Penix, well, Penix is so Penix much Penix is an talented. elite playmaker, but he just got injured every single year of his career. And Penix is talented. Yeah. Oh, Dunsey, McMillan. I mean, well, yeah. how do you not call that like elite talent? Well, no, but I'm not. But I'm saying that he's much more of a, a playmaker. He was a he was a very very good. Okay, I know I agree with that. But what talent has JJ McCarthy had around him other than Blake Corum? Blake Corum, Ray, and Roman he, Wilson. Because he what did he throw in the national championship? A hundred yards. Defense. Yeah, yeah, he, he had like 160 yards. Yeah, he threw for like 100 yards. He is not the. F- he's not an NFL. <laughs> he threw for like 164 yeah, 160 yards. 160 yards. Something like Blake that. Blake Corum rushed. You for would like, know. You're. Yeah, yeah Blake Corum rushed for like 28 rushing touchdowns. Okay, so I want to know like what you all think about Bo Nix then. If you, Bo, I'd take Bo Nix over McCarthy. Any okay, day but like week. realistically, if you had a choice, like late first round, would you take Bo Nix? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. To me. I think Bo Nix is a fringe first round guy. Absolutely. I think. I yeah. think. I just. Yeah, I, I can't. I think he's like the Will Levis of this. I year. think you understand this because you were here last year. Huh. I can't take quarterbacks that are twenty three or twenty four years old, like that are already older than most of these good quarterbacks in the league. Like I can't take Jan Daniels. I can't take Bo Nix. I can't take. I mean, I think. I think what they do on the field is more important than the numbers. No, exactly. I agree with that. I agree with that. But think about it. By the time their 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 rookie contracts up, they're twenty eight, twenty nine years old. <laughs> I mean, I care Penix more about be, Penix would be 29. I think. That's just a turnoff for me. I personally. care about more about the talent than necessarily yeah, their age, but yeah, that's I'd, just me. Well, it, I, I guess I'm just thinking. I don't know what like we saw the system McCarthy was in in, in college, a really run heavy system with 28 rushing touchdowns. What system is going to be like that in the NFL? There's really not. Maybe San Fran. You're right. I think they got. The, I think they got their boy. I guess San the. Fran. I guess the only yeah. logical situation for him, if he was drafted in the first or second round, is to sit for a year. Maybe yeah, even so. More. Well, a lot of these guys, but yeah. Mahomes, I agree. When Mahomes was drafted, he was 22. That's one year off of a guy, and that was a guy that sat for a year. Mm-hmm. So by the time he saw the field, he was 23 years. But these old. guys are 24. Like that's what I'm saying. So Jaden Daniels right now is twenty is twenty three years old. He, his birthday isn't till the start of the season. Yeah. It's, it's during mm-hmm. it's during November. Not drafting a dude because of one a one year. One that's, to two years that's, is crazy. This yeah. is a turnoff for me. That's that's like I, I did a lot of scouting back then. Uh, for what was it like throughout high school, um, for a couple of websites. But you know that's just like uh, that's just something I've seen around. Is like age is a big issue as well, and that's just something I've adapted to. I disagree. So, that, yeah, so I think that's a, a little uh, McCarthy feud. I didn't expect that today, to be honest. <laughs> We're talking about the first overall pick. I, mean, I don't but... mind him. I don't think he's great, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's as bad as you guys are giving The only quarterbacks with first-round talent are the top three guys, which obviously K- Caleb, Drake, Jaden, yeah. Penix, and Bonix. Those are the only guys that should even sniff the first I, just, I can't. I can't Rattler. Penix, period, because of his uh, injury history. Yeah, no, 100%. That's what I'm saying is that. Like, that's why Penix and Bonix, I think, are fringe. Penix, yeah. if, if Penix didn't yeah. get yeah. Injured I as much as he did, I think he's around that 15 range, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. I, I, I always forget that, about the, his injuries, man. Yeah. That's so sad. I think a team is going to take a chance on Spencer Rattler. I don't know if it's going to be. I've in, heard good things in, about in him the last lately. round. He is very bad. He, 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 <laughs> he impressed at the Senior Bowl, but he, like, well, yeah, elite, elite, uh, he impressed at the Senior Bowl, but a lot of it was no rush. We've seen him in game in the SEC. And he just didn't cut it. Yeah, um, I remember when that when that dude was like before getting benched for Caleb. Like he was the first overall pick in every mock draft for in like Spencer 20, Rattler. Yeah, yeah, in like 2021. Yeah, for years. And then he just was, fell off too early. It was way too early. I do remember that. Yeah. Um. I'm not sure what else. What else? Much more we have to talk about. I was going to talk about the T. Higgins extension. They said that they were possibly going to uh, so to tag him. So instead. I was I was actually I was still on the. Uh, 
Ju- Justin oh, Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to, uh, to say that. I think the best course of option would be to tag and trade Justin. Yeah, I agree. I just think that um, mm-hmm. I think the capital that you can get for a guy like that, plus you don't have him on your books. Um, yeah, like, I, obviously, this <laughs> is like the wishful Chiefs fan, and like obviously not. I think a team that is absolutely need. I don't think the Chiefs would do it because I think the no. cap. I think the cap hit would be hell, but. Every one of their elite guys is starting to get up there in age. I mean, they start. They signed Daniel Hunter to an extension. Oh, you're talking about you're um, talking about Jeff Justin. Jeff, I thought you were talking about T. Higgins. No, I'm talking about Justin Jefferson. Uh, I think that yeah. there's so much more problems in uh, for the Vikings. Their O line is atrocious. Um, I think that they need. I think they need a little bit more in the secondary. I just yeah. I don't know. I think defense you traded, played better think, at the end of the season, but I think again, trade. Slow. I don't know. Eh, I I just think when healthy that O line solid. You got Christian Darrisaw. Darrisaw is one of the best. Well, yeah, but I'm saying that they've been though. a treasure because they haven't stayed healthy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bradbury and Darrisaw have been injured for a majority and, of their career. And that secondary is questionable. Absolutely. So I'm saying that you trade JJ, you get, um, you get capital. Um, how, what would you trade for that though? Holy crap! If you get if you get some draft cap, because the thing is, is that you don't got the money, and if you do give him the money, then eventually he's going to get pissed and request a trade. That's obviously, speaking of hypotheticals, but, I mean, I would trade him for... I was going to say, it's going to be, I think, similar, if not two, more. Two first-round picks? Similar, yeah, I would more, say yeah. two first-round picks, a maybe. day three pick, and maybe, like, a swap for a day two, just because of based on, like, I, I from Tyreek Kill. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 and that's something you got to think about too. You can need money to build your team back up from the ground, but obviously, obviously, you don't want to let awkward position. I mean, one of the best draft draft picks of your franchise. Younger go. than younger than Tyreek, but Tyreek, what it was a first, it was a first round pick, a fourth. It was first, no, it was first, like second, first, yeah, fourth and two fifths. Was there a second too? Yeah. yeah, there was a second that year. Yeah, I, if I'm a team, Brian I'm Cook. trading that in a heartbeat for Justin Jefferson. I think so too. I think he, I, I was, that's what I was going to say. He's yeah. going to get a similar to a Tyreek Hill trade back. You're going to get more. You're gonna Probably more because he's gonna, younger. Going to be yeah. asking for two firsts for Justin yeah. Jefferson, which uh, yeah, you you have to do that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, last last subject I wanted to bring up today was the T Higgins. Uh, I saw, saw some reports today how they really really don't even want him to hit free agency like that. They're just going to sign him to a franchise tag. Is what or tag him with the franchise tag and uh just try and keep him that way so what do you guys think about that you guys think, think they're gonna tag him i think he needs to go i i like if i'm t higgins i want i i want to leave because i mean that's just because i hate cincinnati but also because they're obviously trying to keep him around they have no intention of signing him to an extension they just want to keep him around Another for an year. extra year open yeah. their super bowl window a little bit further but you know he needs to go explore his options be a number one receiver in another offense what do you think? I think with Burrow on the books and Jamar pending an extension, it's hard. Yeah. So I think that the smart Absolutely. option would be to tag and trade him. Mm-hmm. I think that the Chiefs are a perfect suitor. They're not trading him I think to the that, Chiefs. I will obviously, but yeah, um, they won't trade him. Obviously, they won't trade but him I think NFC. that I think that if he hits free agency, I just think the for him like speaking in terms of team obviously i would want to keep him around because on right. a minimum deal you'd be like oh we don't know you're a number one receiver this is why we're signing you to whatever like low low end deal but if i'm mm-hmm. him i'm going to a team on a one year prove it deal and then yeah. if i'm a one number one receiver i'm making jamar money i'm making justin money so mm-hmm. Go to Arizona. That, that's what I would do. Yeah. yeah. I'm I that would honestly be perfect. That for actually would be perfect. That, be like, they don't have a lot right. on the books. I mean, Hollywood Brown might be out of there. So. I was gonna say either gonna be a really bad AFC team or a would be NFC team that more they than likely that they wouldn't trade him anywhere. Yeah. Do you think Stefan go Diggs goes anywhere? Not yet. Not yet. I, mean, I, I don't say that so for like either. two years. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a similar to like a AJ Brown deal, like on draft day they deal him. Uh, I don't think anybody trades a first for Diggs at this point because I mean you you he's what 30, 29? 29. Yeah, and like wait no, it might be like thirty one. But like he's also you you he got you got a first for 30. him. Yeah, it's thirty. Thirty. And you know he's had some character issues, so I, I don't know. That's just my thing. Well, they like, they draft receivers so well that no one has ever heard of, like Khalil yeah. Shakir, Gabe Davis. But like that, but then again, like Gabe Davis would be like, oh, now I'm not, now I'm your number one wide receiver. Give me money. No and if you give Gabe Davis an extension, <laughs> exactly. I think I I think I mock them drafting a receiver in this next. I think draft. that makes sense. Like yeah. I think a Texas receiver would work well for them just based on their scheme. I think. Xavier oh yeah, I've seen Worthy. a lot. Like if they draft, please dear God, no! If they draft Brian Thomas, mm-hmm. I think that would be. I think you deal Diggs for like a second, you get his cap hit off the books, and yeah. you draft Brian Thomas. 
Yeah, that, I don't think that'd be a bad. As a Chiefs fan, I want Keon Coleman like over anybody. Brian I'll take, Thomas. I'll take. I'll take both I, of I those like, guys. I think Brian Thomas will be gone before fifteen. I think Brian Thomas is extremely think, talented. Yeah. You see, you see what you see what uh, you look at number two LSU wide receivers, Jamar Chase, and then Justin Jefferson. I'm thinking Brian Thomas is gone before the fifteenth pick. I was gonna say uh, a lot of a lot of wide receiver debacle over these last last uh, it's gonna be few years it's gonna in, be over in LSU, and Dom knows all about that. But also some. Uh, uh, I guess wide receiver debacles in the NFL with all these contracts. T. Higgins, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, where all these guys are going to end up before the season Nicole starts. McCall Hardman. Hardman. Yeah, more ring check. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I think that's going to wrap up our segment here today. A lot of wide receiver debacle going on. We'll see where all of those guys land before the season starts. But we are now officially in the postseason, as unfortunate and Dressy. sad as it sounds. We are in the in the uh, off postseason, se- off season, <laughs> off season, postseason, whatever. Oh yeah, actually, I guess postseason, yeah. the playoffs. But off season now is officially underway, and there's going to be a lot more draft talk, a lot more free agency talk. I don't know when free agency opens up. It's like March, what? Early March, mid March. It yeah, it's been like March, like thirteenth. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah look March thirteenth or fourteenth the last couple of years. But either way, uh, someday in March, free agency 11, will open March up, and, and we'll have uh, March 11th. We'll have a lot more signings to talk about when that comes. So until then, we'll be talking some uh, what we thought of this NFL season as a whole. But yeah, you guys have listened to the whole nine yards today. We'll be back same time, same place next week in this exact same room. So thank you guys for listening. This has been the whole nine yards on KZLX LP Maryville.